God is good, isn't he? And it's good to gather together. It's good to be his body together today. We just thank you, God. Just one more time. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your faithfulness. We just thank you that you have been so faithful to us. I thank you for their faith, your faithfulness, Lord, to this church and to this people right here, Lord God. And I just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we'd have an encounter with you. We need to experience your presence, Lord. We need to be in a place, Lord, where we know you. And I pray, Lord God, that whatever our circumstances look like, that we would be so in love with you and that we would be, Lord God, enwrapped in your presence, that we'd be unaware. Lord, we're aware in the natural, but our spirit man is unaware of the circumstances because we don't live here. We live in you, Lord, and in in, in we are just ambassadors. We are citizens of heaven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Remind us of that. Give us an encounter with you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so, yes, the Lord is good always, isn't he? Isn't he always good? It doesn't matter what we face or what things are looking like. He is good, and he has a plan and a purpose. God's got a plan today. I want you to say that out loud so that you, I know that you believe it, but I want your human mind to get what your spirit knows. God has a plan today. He's got a plan for this time. He knew that this time would be this time before time began. God knows what he's doing. God's still in control. God is still on his throne. Now, we say these things, uh, you know, in almost a Christianese type of way, but we need to say it with conviction in this hour. We need to know God is on his throne. His throne has not been moved. His throne has not been shaken. What we need to understand in this time is that kingdoms from the beginning of time have risen and fallen. Right, we read through our Bible, and we have, you know, even just the time of Daniel that you know we've been reading in in that time, and, and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Isaiah and, and so on. This time where Israel had sin, and they and Babylon had taken over the kingdom of Israel. But then we read that Assyria takes over, and then finally the Greek Empire takes over, which somewhere in there the Romans take over. Right, so we have this this. Uh, unraveling of kingdom to kingdom to kingdom, okay? That's history. But God was still God through it all, and his people remained his people through it all. And even when Jesus came, and we've talked about this before, but they expected Jesus to be political. They expected Jesus to be the new ruler. Okay, it's time to set up your kingdom. God, when are you going to do that? Jesus, when are you going to take a hold of this time and this Roman corruption, this system of corruption that has been put over us? When are you going to take control over it? We're going to stand up and fight this Roman control, this Roman opposition, and we're going to be the kingdom of God once again. And Jesus doesn't do that, does he? In fact, we know that Rome, in fact, just some time later, just you know, a lifetime later, burns Israel to the ground. No more Israel. And finally, Israel is scattered again for almost 2,000 years. Jesus is gone from the face of the earth in the natural. We need to understand something right now, that God's kingdom is not of this world. I want you to say that out loud. God's kingdom is not of this world. We are in the USA. This is a time to pray, and this is a time to talk about these things. You know, we don't major on politics in church, but this is a time where the church better be 
uh, not political, but aware of the politics. Amen. This is a time that we should be very aware. We don't, you don't need to be watching all the news channels. That's not what I'm telling you to do to be aware. But I mean you need to be spending time with the Lord, aware of the evil that's going on, and to be praying for peace and unity in this season and for God's will to be done. This is not an hour to be asleep in that. It's not an hour just to let it, you know, you can't do anything. You can't cast another vote. Whatever your vote, whatever you wanted your vote to be, it doesn't matter. That's done. It's a time to pray that God's hand be upon this nation. We prayed it through this whole year, and now it's a time, it's like the rubber meeting the road here, where we need to just pray what we've been praying all along. Now we need to pray it through to the very end. This nation needs peace, and this nation needs unity. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. It's literally printed on our money, united we stand. If we become divided, we will fall. Ultimately, we know that's Satan's plan, isn't it? He doesn't care about the USA. He doesn't care about the nations of the world. He doesn't care about your flag. He doesn't care about your freedoms and your rights and your history or any of that. All that he wants is to divide you, divide your family, divide marriages, divide mother, right? Jesus even said that time would come. We know that's going to eventually come, but that kingdom would be against kingdom and all the way right down to even mother and father and brother against brother and so on, right? Just division in every facet of life because then he wins, then, you know, the Savior walks in, which is the Antichrist, right? And the world system walks in and saves the day. I'll bring peace and unity. So we need to stand against that as long as you have breath. Now, when God bypasses us, because finally, you know, it's time for revelation to, to be fulfilled in its, in its fullest. I think we're already in pieces of it, if not it deep into it, I don't know. But eventually, it's going to be, you know, the last chapter, the last moment, and then so be it. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like this. Uh, if someone was going to break in your house and try to steal your stuff or, you know, try to hurt you, you're going to do everything you possibly can to stop them. Now, if they get you in the end or get your stuff in the end, you know, you did everything you possibly could and then there's nothing else that you could have done. But you did everything you could to defend the home that you have, and, and we all would, right? You got your family in there. You're going to do everything you possibly can. You need to understand right now that this is an hour. You need to do everything you possibly can, and we're not doing that with weapons of this world, the Bible says, right? It's not carnal, but weapons that God has given us of, we've been doing it, of standing in him, standing just in unity in God is so powerful. It is such a mighty weapon against Satan and against his agenda, He's, Satan's not a, a political party, he's not a left or a right, but his agenda is to divide, to destroy, to kill, destroy, and steal, right, from you and from this nation. And just in unity with God is so powerful, it's a mighty weapon. Prayer is a mighty weapon. How Actually, just having faith is such a mighty weapon. And these weapons, they keep the enemy back and keeps him back from that household so that he does not steal your stuff or touch your family. But this is an hour right now that we're in where we need to realize that, that he's trying to destroy God's kingdom. He's trying to destroy God's kingdom 
by destroying a natural kingdom. As I said, kingdoms have risen and fallen, but, you know, we have something special here, uh, and, uh, and I, I don't live anywhere else, so I can't speak for any other nation, but I do know my history to this nation, and this nation made a covenant with God. This nation said, God, you bless us, and we'll stand for you. And you know, this nation has sent so, the world doesn't even appreciate what this nation, I feel like, I think, you know, lots of places do, but I think that the world needs to be reminded maybe of all the things that this country has done for the world. You know, how many stories, how many movies, how many books and, and so on have, have been written about us and other nations defending people against their people? It's not our fight, and yet we entered the fight. How many millions of American lives have died for someone else's fight? That's the type of nation we are, right? Because we couldn't see an injustice going on in, in, a, in a country. I, we were just watching the movie Black Hawk Down the other day, just reminded of that story, 1993. Remember when in Somalia the choppers went down, and it's awful. Because what was happening is the warlords were, were, the way that they fought against the people was they just didn't let them eat. That was their weapon. So, you know, we went, it was a humanitarian crisis, and we go in, and, and, and people forget the things that this nation did. And ultimately, what will happen is, is uh, you know, this nation will still be a land. The land's not going to cease to exist, you know, from border to border. I don't know what, you know, the devil wanted to name it. It could be named something different. It might not be California. It might not be New York. But from sea to shining sea, the land will still exist, but its, but its personality and ultimately its spirit uh, will be dissolved if the enemy has his way. And we're not going to let him do that, are we? We're going to stand, not for a flag, but that flag represents something that's greater than a nation, isn't it? Doesn't it? People think it's just about, you know, just America, and I stand for America, and and and. and and, I, and I, I salute to that flag because it was men and women that died. And yes, that's an amazing cost. And we just celebrated that Veterans Day just this week. An amazing cost that they paid, but there's such a greater cost that was paid and that this was a nation that not only did we, that same spirit that has gone into nations and defended, we have sent millions, countless millions of missionaries. We have sent so many people and resources and things into nations that were suffering under communism to get the, get the gospel into those nations, to get the, you know, I mean, how many, uh, I think it was Ravi Zacharias, right? I think it was him who talks about how, you know, someone came, witnessed to his village, and then, and then eventually, you know, he got saved because somebody came and, and witnessed to, to, you know, to, you know, to a family you don't think it matters. You think, what am I doing here, maybe? You know, people don't even care. And then you don't even know what it's doing a generation later, and so on. And, and that's what this nation has done. We cannot forget uh, what this nation has been and what it's represented. That God has made this a special place. God has blessed it, but it was blessed because it was in covenant with him, and we need to understand that. It's so easy, it's so easy just to move on, isn't it? It's so easy just to forget and think, well, you know, there's nothing I can do about it.
Lord, it's a moment right now where we must not put down your arms. You must hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. It is so much more serious than we realize. It is not about a political party. It is not about a president. This is a much bigger, there are puppet masters holding the strings that are much bigger. And, I, and, and even outside this nation, there are world leaders. And I mean, you could come up with a list of names that are probable. We're not even going to touch that. But there are puppet masters that are trying to pull strings to ultimately destroy our freedoms. And it's not a freedom to go outside and play in the yard and be able to go about in your day. That's not the freedom you will lose in every single communist socialism takeover. Ultimately, your religious freedom will go every single time. They can't allow you to believe in a God who's going to give you hope greater than the government will give you. And that's where it will go. We need to understand that. People don't realize that that's where it will head. I want to talk to you for a few minutes. Uh, that was not just uh, an, an intro with no connection to the sermon, but I want to just transition hard here away from that. Enough about that. Uh, it's not that it's not important. I needed to say those statements, but I want to talk to you today uh, that has um, uh, so much more to do with us every single day. I don't know how to, to say these words, but there is basically, there's a delicate balance for the Christian living in this earth. There's a very, very delicate balance because there's really three parts that as I was spending time with the Lord and just, just meditating on these parts, this is what's happening. As a Christian, God is changing us into his likeness. We know that. Amen. And we and know this, that the world needs to see that likeness because they are in darkness and you are the light. But meanwhile, the whole point of our existence is not to be perfected and reflect that perfection. It's having a relationship with God, communion and fellowship with him. While he's changing us and we are reflecting him as ambassadors, we must not neglect the personal time with him. Perfecting and reflecting will come very natural to those who know God. It's such a delicate balance as a Christian, especially when it's a serious time, and I've been mentioning this throughout the weeks, I know that we've talked about this not too long ago. I couldn't remember which week I had brought up some of these points. But there's this delicate balance right now where we see the seriousness of the time, so our prayers are for the time. But ultimately, when I read through my word, especially when I read about Jesus, the Son of God, the Bible doesn't say that he was affected by the circumstances the Bible does say that when Lazarus dies that he wept, right? He was sad. We know that Jesus was sad and he went to be alone. He tried to get, be alone. We also know that he was interrupted by that because it says that he had compassion on the multitudes. They needed him. Uh, so, you know, we have a very personal instance, but the 
again, with Rome there and with what the Jews were doing, and even, you know, we don't see him saying, Lord, this is so frustrating. All I'm doing is trying to love the people and care for them, and all they want to do is kill me. They hate me. They kicked me out of this city. This one respects me. These don't. I healed 10 lepers. Nine of them don't respect me. Only one did. You don't hear any of that. All you see is that Jesus has a relationship with the Father, and he goes about the Father's business. And what we don't realize, if you, look at the, if you just look at the moment and not at the whole picture, is that Jesus is actually is establishing the kingdom of God. But in the moment, really all that he is doing is existing in the p- position and place and person that God made him to be. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in a human body on the earth at that moment. You were born, the Bible tells us very clearly in the book of Genesis that God took dust and he breathed his own spirit into it and made us. And the Bible says there in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, it says, that he gave them dominion, that he gave mankind dominion. Now, Adam and Eve, they didn't go around in the garden and just tell everybody every day, you know, tell the animals every day, just so you know, I'm in charge here. That's my purpose, just so everyone knows, I'm Adam. I named you. You better respect me. There was a position that God gave him And he just was. Everybody say he just was. Jesus didn't try to be Jesus. But Jesus reflected God's glory because he was Jesus. I want to just make it so simple today, but I know I'm going to touch on some deep things here. When you were put on this earth, you were not made to do a job. You were made to have communion with God, and yet because of our communion with him and our unity with him, there is a job that comes out of you. There is a purpose out of you. Jesus had unity with the Father and the Holy Spirit, and he says, I only do his will. And we see that Jesus withdrew constantly to have prayer, to have a time of prayer with the Lord, and yet Jesus didn't try to be Jesus and try to do miracles. He just did. He was simultaneously, the world, if you looked at it with the natural eyes, was unaffected. I mean, you could look at the miracles and you could look at these towns, but if you looked at the government, you turn on the news, you know what they would say? Oh, some, some random little, you know, some village, some Jewish villages are being affected, but, you know, it's not affecting us. Rome is unaffected, just so you know. It'd be Roman News, RNN, Roman News Network, and they would say Rome is unaffected. Nothing's been affected. But Jesus was doing what the Father had given him to do. And it's this balance of he was in unity with his Father as we must be in unity with the Lord right now. I, and I don't even, I, like I have this idea, maybe you can even sense that I'm struggling to get these, get it into words. But there is a delicate balance right now where we need to be in unity with him and just relationship with him. Just like Dan. Dan doesn't struggle to worship God. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's in prayer, but Dan's in, Dan's in communion and in fellowship and unity with his Father. 
And out of that, he can help, just like Jesus couldn't help but be Jesus. You know what I mean? You get what I'm trying to say here. He didn't have to try to have compassion. His human emotions were interrupted by compassion because he had the heart of God in him. And, and so this, this balance right now of unity with the Lord. See, and what will happen is, is if we have this balance of unity with the Lord and then we're letting him reflect out of us, the natural kingdom is irrelevant. Now, that does not mean that we don't pray for this nation. And we keep praying. We need to recognize the seriousness of it. And I don't like when people pick sides. Some people are so political that they have forgotten that there's a kingdom of God that's being established that is greater than the Roman Empire. It's greater than the Roman kingdom. Do you know if you do your history, we actually, that's where we come from too. England came from Rome. We come from England. You do your history, it's all the same thing. So we have a greater kingdom than that kingdom of this earth. Everybody say that out loud. We serve a greater kingdom. And somehow we need to have this balance where we recognize that, but then also we recognize the seriousness of the times, but also we don't get so involved in the times that we miss the relationship that's in Christ. Because at the end of the day, if we, if we miss that, if it, here's what happens. Uh, Levi just did this recently. He tried to work some clay on a potter's wheel. And it was, he said it was very hard, wasn't it? If it's just a little bit off balance, it's going to spin uncontrollably. There's this perfect balance, really, and that's in, and really any relationship in existence. But there's this unity and balance that we need where we must be so fervent, so prayerful, but yet so connected to him, so in love with him, and yet our personal, this is where, you ready? This is where I can get off. I'm so close to him, and I love him so much, and my prayers, and we had this perfect relationship, and then not so unaware that Jesus, he put his own emotions to the side for a moment, even his personal time. Lord, I just need to go have some personal time with you because I'm hurt by, by this, you know, by my friend Lazarus, and and is interrupted because there is a crisis. There was, he, there was a need, and he had compassion on them. Do you get what I'm trying to say? It's kind of like, it was like a deep thought in my heart, and it's hard for me to express it in words, but that the Lord is working it all together. I think that 2 Corinthians chapter 4 kind of says something it's going to get close. I'm going to just read a few scriptures to try to get close to what I'm trying to express today. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, it says, If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory 
of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars or earthen vessels, right? Containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. And we know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. And all of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That's why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. What an amazing chunk of scripture. And I just wanted to actually pick pieces because I wanted to make some points today. And sometimes I do that. And then today I just felt like I needed to read that whole chunk of scripture because it's so, so, so powerful. Really, there's so much in there that, uh, you know, I'm only going to touch, touch some parts of it now that I've read the whole thing. But it talks about this thing going on in the earth. There is a darkness going on in the earth. In fact, he says, he actually quote, quotes Genesis, let there be light in the darkness. He quotes right in there. There is an issue going on in the earth. There is darkness in the earth. And so God has created an answer. But it says very clearly that first we know. It says, let there be light has made in the light. Verse 6, let that light that shines in the darkness shine in our hearts first. We now have this light shining in our hearts. Firstly, to deal with the darkness and deal with the issue in the earth, we have an encounter with God. And then out of that place inside of us because we're just a, a fragile it's not us and this is he just takes it away from us it's not when we begin to shine it's not me it's not because something you know that I've become something that you can 
say, wow, look at that person. Look at them. They're such a good preacher. Man, look at them. They're such a good singer. Look at, man, they're like, they're like a super apostle, a super evangelist. You know, when we, when we give too much credit to the person, we have forgotten here what's actually happening, which is this, that there is an equal darkness for everybody on the earth, for every single person in the earth. There's, there was an equal darkness, but God did something inside of us, and then we should savor that, and there's this personal relationship in that, but what will automatically come out of that, and we can't help it, and it has nothing to do with you. This is the craziest thing. It's not even you, is that we must let it out. And that balance that we're talking about is that this, if we don't let God work inside of us, He'll still shine a light out of us because he cares, the people, cares about the people around you. But if you get so focused about shining the light outside of you and you don't let him work inside you, then pride will come and other things will come and then eventually you fall. We've seen it happen over and over and over again. And then on the opposite side, if you get so focused on him working on you and working on you and you just stay at the cross and stay at the cross and stay at the cross and never let, never realize that, you know, I'm just fragile clay, that it's not me and that I need to let that light out of me, that let the Lord do a work in me, let him finish it. He needs to finish it because it matters. If, if I don't let him finish it, I don't want to shipwreck. But simultaneously, I need to let it out of me. If I focus too much on one or the other, I'm going to miss it. I've got this relationship with him. Really, that's the, if you just make that your baseline, those two things will happen automatically. But as soon as we start focusing on one or the other, it's so easy. Ready for this? You get so focused on, on the ministry side and not enough on him working on you, or you get so focused on him working, I just, I, I can't minister, I got things going on, I got to deal with me, you got to deal with me, you got to deal with me. You get focused on either of those sides, and you know what? That is a perfect alarm bell, waving flag, red light, whatever you want to call it, that we need to get back to that center, we need to come back into communion and our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because it's this balance, and I know there's a lot in that, but it's this balance going on, and meanwhile, that the circumstances, you know, the circumstances are chasing them, circumstances are doing things, but I need to be about his business, I need to be about the kingdom of God. Everything is for God's glory. Everything that God is doing even now is for his glory. I read something in Ezekiel this week. If you guys have been doing the Bible plan, reading with us, uh, this was a verse that caught my eye, and I said, wow, Lord, okay, I believe that that's what you're saying right now. And it's in the book of Ezekiel. It says, Ezekiel 29, verse 6, All the people of Egypt will know that I am the Lord. For to Israel, you were just a staff made of reeds. And this, when I read this, it caught my eye because I said, wow, talking about, you know, really the, the basicness, the simplicity, the weakness of Israel, but that God 
is going to get his glory, that God's going to be known. This balance of our Christian life and this balance of our relationship with him and letting him work in us and work out of us, but also, you know, that we live in America and we live in this time and this very, very delicate balance. This ultimately, though, is what the Lord is doing on a grand scale over the earth, and it's that he is the Lord and he will be known as Lord. That right from the very personal life to the national, to the world picture, is that God's glory, the whole point of this, this whole existence, this time, not of him creating you and I, but of this time that we live in, is for him to show his glory more and more and more and more. Ultimately, what Jesus did is Jesus came in weakness. Jesus entered that clay. He entered that fragile, became a fragile jar, and he lit, he submitted to the Lord's will, submitted to the Lord's plan, and let the Lord work through him. I know this is weird because we're like, well, he's the son of God. He's Jesus, but that's the scriptures. That's what the scriptures say. He says, I only do what you say, uh, and I only, I only tell them what you tell me to say. And, 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 and God used his weakness. He said he became weak. As the Bible says that he was unknown, that he was, that he was just a normal man by the naked eye. You couldn't, there was nothing too remarkable about him. And that the Lord did something that shook the kingdom of darkness through him. And that's what the Lord wants to do. And in that delicate balance right now, in our relationship with him, what the Lord wants to do, and this is why I, I, I'm kind of fumbling around because I'm trying to, I just want to say the Lord's got a purpose for you, but I don't want you to think that I've got just a purpose. You know, the purpose-driven life. It's not just a purpose. Your purpose is to know Jesus. Your purpose is relationship with him. Any other purpose has to come out of that place. It has to come out of that. God wants to show himself strong, and even possibly what he's doing in this time is, is to show himself, and no, other, no one can take credit, not, no power can take credit. God wants to show himself strong in the earth right now. And we read that uh, just last week when we were looking at uh, Jehoshaphat. He said uh, there was something very similar in that story to this verse there, and it's in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 20, 2 Chronicles 20, and then just reading quickly uh, verse 22, it says, at the very moment that they began to sing and give praise to the Lord, uh, give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves, and when the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Our focus right now must be on him. We just set our eyes on him. Remember Peter, he couldn't faith his way across the waves to Jesus. You can't faith your way through this time. The Bible says that he looked at the wind and the waves it's not that he lost his faith. He took his eyes off of Jesus. We need to realize something right now. I don't know what our future 
I'm not a prophet standing here to tell you what the next four years is going to be or 40 years of your life or 40 years for this nation is going to be. I don't know. But I do know this, that God is God. And I know that, that each of us has this particular block of time that we've been given. And I can't just get to heaven in that block of time and say, well, I served you well and I ran the race well. Yes, of course we want to hear those things. But I don't want to get there and then... What does he say to them? He says to the, to the ones, the, the hardest verse, the hardest verse for, in the entire Bible for us as Christians to hear, when they say, Lord, we did all these things for you, and what's he say to them? I don't know you. I don't know you. It's really right now in the knowing of him. And out of that knowing of him will automatically come prayers for your nation, prayers for your president, prayers for peace, Prayers for the chaos going on. Prayers for your family. You will automatically want to read his word and spend time with him. It won't be motions. It won't be religion because we know him. The ultimate purpose when he put Adam and Eve on the earth was not to tend the garden. It was not to have dominion. It was to know him. But out of that relationship in him, see, once they sinned, and severed the tie from God to them, then the world changed. Then the circumstances changed. But what we see in Jesus, what he did spiritually, Jesus showed us a direct connection back to the Lord. Jesus just walks on the waves. Jesus just cuts through the crowd. You're going to kill him. He just cuts through the crowd. You're not going to put me on the cross until my time has come. The waves are not going to affect me. Jesus actually shows us dominion like Adam and Eve were meant to have, even amidst, even though the circumstances and the kingdoms of this earth have not changed. Listen, this is the point, that no matter who's in that office and no matter what branches of government and, and what world leaders, etc., 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 if your eyes are on Jesus and your relationship is in him, I don't even know, when I say he'll protect you, I don't know that that might not be some of the things we see there. We don't want to read that little chunk of scripture, do we, about fragile clay jars. We don't like reading that, really. And yet, it says it's all for the glory of God. Even though we know that God did protect him because he protected the soul that's going to go into eternity, not necessarily the body that we cleave to so hard. And and so Jesus showed us how to live on this earth, how to establish the kingdom of God, that the circumstances didn't affect him. He was in unity with the Father. He, was, uh, he had emotions, but he was aware of the people, and it was this balanced walk that he said to follow in his footsteps. Amen. I don't think I'm going to say any more because I think I'm just going to mess it up. I finally got it out maybe in a statement that makes sense. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much, and we just praise you and give you glory and honor. We thank you, God, for your word. I thank you, Lord God, for your plan and your purpose. I thank you, Lord, that you are still God, and that you're still doing, Lord, a work in the earth right now. I thank you, Lord, that we are alive. We have breath in our lungs. Lord, we have to be so thankful and grateful. God, how could we possibly be ungrateful right now. And how could we be in fear? Lord, we still have so much, and we have so much freedom. We have so much peace. 
Lord, even this nation in a moment of turmoil and even in the season, Lord, of this pandemic, God, this nation is still in such a good place, Lord, like, like some of the third world nations that we pray for and that we try to send resources to help, but we haven't even touched real need. God, we're so thankful for, Lord, in our need, we have excess compared to them. Our need is excess upon excess compared to those in real need in this world. So we're just so thankful, Lord God, for, Lord, this nation that we have, the land that we live in. And we thank you, Lord, that you are still God no matter what. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Lord Jesus, we follow in your footsteps, and we walk like you did. It is not the government, the Roman system, that we are fighting against, but there is a darkness that has blinded the eyes. But I thank you, Lord Jesus, that your word says that you have first done a work in us, and Lord, that's the, the whole thing, that we just stay in that place with you, but we recognize, Lord, that out of that clay jar, you want to get your glory out of us to have glory in this earth. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that no matter what, Lord, whoever has risen in pride, whoever has stood and mocked you, I thank you, Lord, your word says, we pray for them, we pray for grace and mercy, but your word says that every single knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. One day, one way or another, Lord, this entire earth will submit to you and know that you are God. Lord, we do it right now. We do it willingly. We do it, Lord God right now, and we just make you God again, Lord, in our lives today. And we trust in you, and we pray for our families. We pray for this church. We pray, Lord, for this valley, and pray for this nation. We just keep asking you, Lord God, for mercy and grace and favor. But, Lord, we are not going to be so obsessed with what is going on in the earth right now. We are going to obsess over you and look to you because our body might be called home in an instant but our spirit lord god will be united with you forever and ever so we just give you glory lord and we thank you and praise you and i just pray lord that out of that place and that faith in you i pray that we would make a change that we thank you our prayers are changing and that our words are changing the world around us that just like jesus who was uh, who was mostly uh, not accepted, but Lord, that those who accepted you, they went on to spread the gospel and change the world. And so, Lord, we don't look at those that don't accept what we have inside of us that we're freely giving, that you have freely given us, but Lord, we look at those that will accept it, and Lord, we love them, and we pray for them, and we give ourselves to them, Lord, as you did to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.